watches your fantasy games for you. He's here to help you crush your leagues, baby. Finally, somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. When you won't straight talk about Benny Agbayani and Prince Amuka Maka 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 Welcome to the show. We have a lot to tell you about today. You need running backs. You're not going to get Jacquez Rogers in week one, it looks like. This is Fantasy Football Today, and that was the Herc Love song. Our our loyal listeners know it, Heath, but I felt like after Michael Herkham's cameo yesterday, we needed the Herc Love song. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I didn't. I'd never heard it before, so it was really it's fun, really right? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, very fun. So I'm Adam Azer, that's Heath Cummings. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, at Heath Cummings Senior, at Heath Cummings S-R. And here's the deal. It's just going to be me and Heath for the next two days. A lot of hurricane preparation in South Florida. Dave and Jamie are going out of town. Heath is, t- it's craziness. Uh, so we will, I will I, fill you I am in. not going out of oh, town. Oh, you're not, you're not at I- all. I am just going to stand here and defend against the hurricane. <laughs> okay. Take that, Irma. Yes. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll update everybody on all the programming that we're going to have. I don't anticipate us missing any podcasts except possibly the Saturday mailbag show that we were planning to start doing. Might have to wait until week two for that. But before we get into all that, it's a great week for FanDuel, unless you have Jacquez Rogers, because FanDuel's back. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel and use that code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. So, yeah, we're going to have some fun today. It is the last day before we really start previewing games, although we will preview the Thursday night game. And uh, tomorrow we'll look at the week one tough calls, and then Friday we'll go through every game a little bit quicker than what we uh, are used to doing in years past. But the big news is that the Dolphins and the Bucks have been moved, according to Adam Schefter, from week one to week 11. They share a bye week. So, yeah, there's that. Ezekiel Elliott is going to play in week one, but still faces a six-game suspension as Harold Henderson, the arbitrator, decided not to uh, reduce or get rid of the suspension. They still could go the Brady route. They could still get held up in court. But um, we'll, we'll get into that. And then Thomas Rawls is uncertain for week one due to an ankle injury. So if you were planning on starting him, maybe you're going with Eddie Lacy, who's 88% owned. CJ Procise is 58% owned. And Carson is uh, very, very available. So people need running backs. But, all right, let's talk Zeke. Let's talk Zeke here. What do you think? What do you think now? It's so funny because I, I wrote a piece on it last night and, you know, Jamie and I have been on opposite sides of this for a couple of weeks now. And every time something happens, I feel like we both just take it as something in our favor. Jamie feels no less certain about taking Ezekiel Elliott with the third overall pick than he did before this happened. I, I talked to him last night. Yes. And I think he said, that he might he, that he would move him down a few spots. That's that was not the text exchange that I had with him, but maybe okay. it was because it was coming from me. <laughs> anyway, I But he did he took him in two leagues last night. Even after this news, Jamie took him in two leagues. Right. 
listen, this just eliminated one possibility. It did not give us an answer. What we know now is it's going to be zero or it's going to be six, and we will probably know by Friday. I don't think anyone that's playing fantasy football likely has an edge here in what's going to happen. It comes down to one judge's interpretation of whether Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to do something that Brady and Peterson could not, right? which is challenge Roger Goodell's authority. Right. Yep. That's, so so that's it. it's all about risk tolerance for me. If he plays 16 games, obviously he was worth the number three pick. If he misses six, I don't think he's worth more than a third round pick. No, I disagree. I disagree. So I'm right in the middle of those two. I'd have to disagree with that. I, I think he's worth a, still a second round pick. To me, if he misses six games, although this this is tough talk for me now, because I had a chance to take him with the second to last pick of the second round when it was still when we you know when we knew the possibility of of the Brady uh, outcome and but also he was still facing the six game suspension was appealing it and I passed up on him with the twenty third overall pick hoping I'd get him twenty sixth overall and Ezekiel Elliott went twenty fourth overall in that draft I took Fournette. And things have changed so much in just a few weeks. I took Fournette at that point. I wouldn't take Fournette 23rd overall. Right. Like, things have changed in some ways for the better. We have the current lawsuit going on. I Yesterday, I don't see any way you take yesterday as anything but negative. Yeah, I agree. Like, there, I mean, There's it, now no I, chance of a settlement. I didn't really think it was going to get reduced necessarily because, like I had been saying, the domestic violence policy says six games. But the same arbitrator— Right. Who in this ruling said, I can't, you know, I, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's, he basically said, like, I can't second guess Roger Goodell. All I have to do is see if, if he followed a fair process here. I can't second guess the suspension. But that same guy, that's exactly what he did with Greg Hardy. He wrote with Greg Hardy, this suspension is too harsh. And then he, he knocked it down from, from nine game, nine or ten games to four games. I think it was ten games to four games. So, you know, it's a little inconsistent there. But, um, it's right. It's probably going to be zero games this year, and still, I think six next year if it's not six I, this year. Yeah, I don't think it's. Pro- I, I I'm completely fifty fifty on what this judge does on Friday. I have no reason to lean one direction or the other. All right, so I'm glad that most people have drafted, and we don't really have to give the advice. But <laughs> yes. some people are still drafted tonight. So where would you take Ezekiel Elliott? Mid to late second. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, you know, it looks like the Dolphins and Bucks are going to play in Week 11. You're getting Zeke. If you ha- if you drafted McFadden, you're not going to start him this week. And you will start Zeke against the Giants, obviously. No problem. Yep. Uh, but no Doug Martin. Uh, well, no Doug Martin, obviously. But no Jacquez Rogers. And that's a big blow for me because I, I really was banking on him giving me production and being a flex for me in at least two of my leagues for Week 1 and 2. Uh, now what do we do if we need running back seats? What do we do? There's not a good answer because the best option at running back under 70% ownership was Jacquez Rogers. And he's the guy that's not going to play now. So I, I have a feeling about Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, I think I, he's the only one that like makes sense. I don't sense. think he's the only one. You can make an argument certainly for Rex Burkhead because of the unpredictability of the Patriots running back usage. And it's week one. They've got all these guys healthy. I kind of feel like Belichick gives each of them some touches. Mm-hmm. And if one of them catches fire, maybe they get more. But Smallwood would be my first option. Burkhead would be my second. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's pretty fair. I think Chris Carson is, I don't know, is he worth a look? He's 17% owned, and Thomas Rawls 
listed as the starter but uncertain to play. And then, you know, you got CJ Procise who's 58% owned. Eddie Lacy's going to play, so I wouldn't imagine Procise gets too many carries. But in PPR, no. Procise might be interesting. Yeah, Procise is probably the best option in BPR ahead of Smallwood even because I, I think he's going to be involved regardless of who plays. Another guy that we haven't really talked about much that I would have felt a lot better about before yesterday was DeAndre Washington because I don't mm-hmm. think they're using Marshawn Lynch as a, any type of workhorse at all, even in week one. So I expect Washington to get his fair share of the work if he's the second running back and Jalen Richard is number two on the depth chart. Uh, wait, I don't know wait, why. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I misinterpreted. So, what are you saying about Marshawn Lynch in Week One against Tennessee? I don't think Marshawn Lynch is going to be used as a workhorse. Okay. I think the Raiders are going to distribute carries more evenly than one would anticipate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't know still. Like DeAndre Washington has looked like the second running back in Oakland all throughout the preseason. Their Week One depth chart shows Jalen Richard as the backup running back. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would think it's Washington too, but. Uh, you know what? That the truth is, you're probably starting wide receivers at flex this week. Oh yeah. You know, it's I don't know. That's a that's a big blanket statement. I don't want to say that. You know, definitely. But looking at my Jacquez Rogers teams, yeah, I'm starting to look at wide receivers now. If John Brown's available, that's somebody I'm picking up. Uh, and I think that I'm gonna have to start Mike Gillisley. And I'm not too unhappy about that. I have a feeling he has a better than 50 percent chance of scoring a touchdown in this game. Tomorrow night. Uh, so like I didn't, I would have started certainly, um, Jacques over Gillisley just to see what happens in week one, but I think I'm gonna have to turn to him. I have him in a, in a number of leagues. So Gilly boy, make I don't want to start Mike Gillisley at all. I, I don't want to start any Patriots running backs, but there's a good chance that like Gillisley's better than Smallwood or Burkhead or any right. of the other guys we're talking about, right. so. Yeah, so tomorrow and Friday, big-time starter sit days. Yesterday we talked about waiver wire running backs, and uh, Quiz Rogers was our headliner, but now it's Smallwood and Burkhead, and Chris Carson, 13%. Uh, yeah, now he's up to 17% own. Sharkandrick West, if you're desperate. Uh, you know, Jeremy Hill is 67% owned, Heath. And he's the starter, and I don't really expect much against Baltimore. He had 12 carries for 21 yards against the Ravens last year. The Ravens allowed the six fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs uh, last season. They didn't give up a, a point. Their first team defense didn't give up a point in the preseason. So I don't like Jeremy Hill, but he is 67% owned, and if you're desperate for just carries and you're hoping for a one-yard touchdown run, he might not be the worst option. Yeah, I have Mike Gillsley ranked a lot higher than Jeremy Hill. I don't know that there's a huge difference between the two. Yeah, except talent, in my opinion. Yeah, I, like I, I would almost though, like I would not bet on Gillisley getting more touches than Jeremy Hill this no, week. No, right? I yeah, I agree. And I they agree both have to score a touchdown probably to be good. Probably, yeah. So yeah, it's Hill. Hill's an interesting one. Sixty-seven percent though. It seems like he's as owned as he needs to be. Yeah, I was just thinking if you're desperate this week and you. I'm talking about losing Sharkandrick. I mean, losing uh, Jacquez Rogers. The funny thing is, like, you gained Ezekiel Elliott, so it's been a big net positive at running back for um, for fantasy owners. Unless you owned like Darren McFadden and Jacquez Rogers, and we're hoping for a, an early like good start with some late round running backs. Also, Latavius Murray, if you're desperate, they have the Saints on Monday Night Football. The Saints allow the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and we've we've heard talk about Murray being short yardage guy. 
Uh, so well, he'll be a short yardage guy. It's just whether he's used in those situations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Heath. Let's let's move on. That's some running back talk for you. And um, what, you, do you want to give any thoughts on the Seattle situation? Like, as of tomorrow night, I guess we can update it tomorrow. But you'd have to start Gillisley over Rawls at this point, right? Yes. If you like, were going to sleep for forty hours and didn't have a chance to set your lineup. Maybe if there was like a hurricane coming yeah. and you were afraid you were going to lose power for a week. Yeah. So so let's talk about that real quick and and let everybody know what's going on. Category five hurricane out there. It's really scary stuff. Heath, uh, happy first hurricane to you. Well, like last year was, I think, technically my first hurricane, and at this stage, it was headed right at us, and it turned out to the Atlantic. It wasn't near as big or, or threatening as this one, though. Yeah, we've been lucky in South Florida. Now, I live in New York now, but I uh, spent almost almost all of my life in South Florida. Heat's there now. Our, our office is in Fort Lauderdale, and it's scary. I mean, a lot of people I know are getting out of town, but a lot of people I know can't get out of town because airplane tickets are costing like $800 one way, which really pisses me off, but... Yeah, I I don't think I'm in any – I live in a house with concrete walls, and I have steel storm shutters, and I'm not close to the beach, so – Yeah, but you know, the the problem is not just, you know, during the hurricane. It's after. If you lose power But I don't think leaving really saves that. Unless you can stay stay somewhere, yeah. Right. Um, But it it sucks, and it's scary, and we're really hoping that everybody stays safe. Now, as far as our office goes, uh, there will be a Fantasy Football Today video show, I I think, every day. They're hoping for it, and definitely on Sunday. Definitely I don't know about Sunday, I don't know about definitely Thursday. Today. I don't know about Thursday, and I, I don't guess... know about Thursday or Friday. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. But Sunday, it's going to happen. Saturday night, our radio show will go on as planned, and the podcasts, as of now, are scheduled to you know continue throughout the week. Uh, should not be an issue because because Dave and Jamie are going to come up to New York this weekend and do fantasy football today out of a, a Connecticut studio. So it's crazy. Everybody in the office is really working so hard to make sure that – and we will be. We'll be around for week one. Things will be up and running. Um, but just bear with us a little bit if we have some difficulties due to the hurricane. And let's hope this damn thing stays in the Atlantic and stays away. Uh, now, SeatGeek is awesome. You can't buy tickets to the Dolphins' Bucks, but you can buy tickets to any other game this week, and you can go on SeatGeek. It's the easiest way that I've found to shop for tickets. I've got it on my phone, and with just a few taps – you know, I can be anywhere, I can instantly find seats, and I can buy them right there on the app. And with our promo code, FFT, how about saving some money? How about saving 20 bucks on your SeatGeek purchase, your first SeatGeek purchase? Again, download the app and use the promo code FFT. And here's what SeatGeek does. You type in an event. It goes, all right, you know what? You sit back and relax. I'm going to search multiple ticket sites for you. I'm going to show you the best deals. I'm going to grade every ticket based on value. And you will immediately see the best seats that fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Again, our listeners get 20 bucks off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Really awesome, uh, awesome app, and our listeners have been taking advantage of it for a very long time. I said we were going to have a Reddit AMA yesterday. I lied. It's next Tuesday. Good thing I checked before I went on Reddit yesterday, so I am sorry about that. And let's move on, Heath, and talk about the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues. Also on tap today, bold predictions from me and Heath. Supposed to be from me, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. But Dave and Jamie are making hurricane preparations for their homes and getting the hell out of town today. So um, so just me and Heath. Uh, we'll talk about our favorite teams that we've drafted so far. 
players that we really are pulling for to, you know, give us big fantasy seasons. We're going to make some bold predictions. We have listener bold predictions. I think I'm, I'm ready to stop talking now. And grade the trade! Fantasy football at CBSI.com. All right, most added. Uh, Kendall Wright is 46% owned. He's the most added player in CBSSports.com leagues. Bears receiver Kendall Wright. You do? No, I love it. I, I, I know, I see this little look on your face as if, ha ha, why are they adding Kendall Wright? Yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel. But no, I, I completely love it. He has had basically one good year in his NFL career. It was with this offensive coordinator. Their only other receiver that might be halfway decent is Kevin White, and he's probably not. Like, they had to try to show him videos to remind him when he used to be good. He's 47% on, so they're only just about the same amount of leagues, Kevin White. I would rather have Kendall, Kendall Wright. They, boy, their names are so fun. Kendall yes. Wright, Kevin White, love it. Sh- there should be a team name for that, definitely. But then the other guy, there's another guy in that offense, and it's Zach Miller. All three of those, I want to make sure they're owned going into week one, because I think one could emerge as a huge target guy that provides not efficiently, but based on volume. And right, currently, I would call the most likely. I do find it interesting that Kendall Wright and Ken- and Kevin White are 46% owned and Robbie Anderson is 33% owned. How do you feel about that? I'm a, I'm a little nervous about Robbie Anderson after the Jets signed Jeremy Curley. Are you? I'm really not. I don't think Jeremy Curley is that good, but he is a guy that can run the types of routes that bad quarterbacks like to throw. <laughs> and Robbie Anderson is more of a deep ball type guy. This gives See, me a little pause. I still think Anderson's underowned. I if still it's McCown, I, I think McCown is better for Anderson if they were going and they are going with McCown. If they were going with Hackenberg then yeah, I think maybe you're looking at the checkdowns and the short routes, and maybe that would favor Curly. But I well, feel like McCown. Petty, Petty's better for Anderson too. So yes, yeah. I I would still rather have Anderson than Wright or White. Okay, and he's less owned than the two of them. Ted Ginn is 78 percent owned. I, I'm not really like Kendall Wright and Ted Ginn being the two most added players makes sense to me. Kendall Wright being 46 percent owned seems a little high considering there are no buys this week except for one. Uh, and Ted Ginn, 78% owned, also feels a little bit high to me when you factor in they're facing the Vikings. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about Ginn at 78%. Well, Ginn's not a one-week ad. He, he's a, you're expecting for the first three weeks of the season, he's second on the Saints and targets. Yeah, but look at, I mean, at Minnesota and then New England in week two. I'm not worried about New England. I don't think Bill Belichick's going into that game saying, how do we shut down Ted Ginn? No, but, but. He's got a clear priority in stopping Michael Thomas in the running game, and they may let, Ted Ginn may get loose in that game. Maybe, I guess. But, you know, they're good teams. They're good defenses. Uh, the rest of the most added list, a lot of it is guys who are owning like 98% of leagues. So, um. Not too exciting. Not too exciting, but, uh, Zay Jones is 55% owned. I'm getting a little more excited about him with Jordan Matthews still not being cleared. I still think Matthews is the best receiver in Buffalo, but that doesn't matter if he can't get on the field. Sure. Corey Davis is only 70% owned. Tennessee's wide receiver. You might not want to use him for week one. And by the way, you know, Jamie talked about how David Amerson was hurt for Oakland, uh, and that's why he kind of like had a, just a flyer on Rashard Matthews, uh, but Amerson is going to play. So that's recent news and hurts them a little bit. Yeah, Marcus Mariota is going to just, completely ball out, so it doesn't matter. Fair enough. Uh, Corey Davis, I think, is too low-owned at 70%. Mm-hmm. I also don't really think you should start Corey Davis this week 
and if you can avoid it in any way, shape, or form. Samaje Pirine shows up on the most added list. Number two running back for the Redskins. Well, maybe. I mean, Chris Thompson is... He's the number three running back. Yeah, Chris Thompson is not necessarily going to get a lot of carries if if Alfred Moore, if uh, Rob Kelly goes down. But Pirine's 70% owned. That feels weird to me. Yeah, it's too high. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram is up to 41% owned, and I do think he's... Worth a look in like a 14-team league if Beckham misses week one. Yeah, there's just too many. Like on a week-to-week basis, I could consider him. Week one in his very first game in the NFL as a rookie tight end when there are so many other streamable tight ends. I wrote my uh, streaming tight end defense and kicker piece yesterday. He did not make the cut for the top three streamable tight ends. And who were they? Um, Zach Miller was on that list. I'd, I'd much rather stream Miller against Atlanta. Cameron Brait was on that list. The cutoff was under 50% owned. Well, not Cameron Brait's off that list now. I I guess the article worked now, didn't it? <laughs> people, yeah. people are reading and listening. And I, number one, it was simple, Charles Clay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes like, sense I, against I, the Jets. Clay has a fantastic matchup, high volume. Tyrod's been cleared. Clay's easily my favorite tight end to stream this week. Yeah, okay. So um, that's that's a good call. If you let me see how owned Charles Clay is, do you know, do you have, uh, know off the top of your head? Uh, well, I know where he was yesterday, and it, I believe it was right around thirty percent. Okay, so he's less owned than Evan Ingram. And if you're just looking for a week one tight end, would you start Kobe Fleener at Minnesota or uh, Charles Clay against the Jets? Clay, Clay is a top twelve tight end for me. It's not a bad call, as I recall. The Jets are were terrible against tight ends last year. The Jets I don't are going to be they terrible. Got better. At anything. No, I mean, they drafted a safety in the first round. It could help, but they were the seventh worst team against tight ends last year. They were, they were awful. They're going to be really bad. Um, we forgot about Matt Breida. If you're desperate for a running back, he's 12% owned. I'm not that desperate. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. 14 teams are deeper, I'd say, but Breida is still probably a little under owned at 12% given how Kyle Shanahan used both Falcons running backs last year. I agree with you on the under-owned part. It's a similar situation for me to the Corey Davis thing. If I have a roster spot, like I drafted Spencer Ware and waivers are getting ready to run for the first time, Breed is a good add. Mm-hmm. But he's not, like, he is not if, probably even in the top 10 guys that I want to start at running back this week. I don't want to just repeat yesterday's show, but I added Wendell Smallwood for $3 out of 100 in Fab yesterday. And... You know, I was actually in another league thinking about dropping LeGarrette Blunt for him. I, I dropped Jonathan Williams for him. Yeah, I'm not dropping Blunt for him yet. I do think there's a possibility he's the most added player next week. Yeah, I just – I don't know how good Wendell Smallwood is. When he got work last year, he did fine. He didn't do great, but he did fine. And I yeah. do feel like he's better than LeGarrette Blunt at this point, and it just, I just think it makes sense for him to be owned in more like 50 to 60% of leagues. So that's who I've been all about. But there's one other late-round flyer that I didn't mention yesterday that I was looking at my roster as I saw he was on one or two teams. And that's a guy that's not going to pay off yet because I don't I don't know what his status is for week one. I don't imagine he'll play. Uh, but that's Malcolm Mitchell, who's 12% owned. And he's a guy that I could see being better than Chris Hogan when he's healthy for the Patriots. He's their true outside receiver, um, I think, their best true outside receiver. And uh, I think Mitchell should be owning more than 12% of leagues. I agree 100%. I The odds are that Hogan's going to be better than Mitchell, but I don't know that his upside is actually higher than Mitchell's. If Mitchell hits, yeah. I think he can hit just as high as Hogan can. 
right, let's look at some news and notes. And uh, we should know more about Odell Beckham later today. But if he's out, which is a very, very possible scenario here at Dallas on Sunday night, Sterling Shepard is 64% owned. If Odell Beckham's out, where would Sterling Shepard be in your receiver rankings? That is a good question. I don't see any way he would get into my top 25. Mm-hmm. But I, he would definitely be a solid number three. And I'd have to move Brandon Marshall up to a more reasonable ranking as well. I want no part of him right now. Would you start those guys over Tyrell Williams? If Beckham was out? Yeah, if Beckham were out. Absolutely. But not over Keenan Allen? No chance. All right. Um, okay then. So that's the giant situation. Tyrod Taylor has been cleared from the concussion protocol and is almost certainly going to start this week against the Jets. He scored 29 fantasy points against the Jets last year on a Thursday. Sammy Watkins had two catches for 20 yards in that game, so he didn't need him. Uh, but I don't, I mean, he's, he's just like a desperation option, right? Like a Jameis replacement. Tyron I Taylor. would not, I, like, I've been kind of the guy jokingly and half not jokingly down on Jameis this preseason. There's no chance I'd start Tyrod over Jameis. I, no, only, Heath, Heath, Jameis is not playing this week. Yes, then I would start him over yeah. Jameis. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think got. I'd rather have Tyrod than Jameis. Would you rather have Tyrod or Flacco? Uh, Tyrod. Tyrod over Flacco? Okay. Uh, Tyrod over Rivers. Kirk Cousins will play in week – ooh, Tyrod over Rivers, I like that. Will play in week one even if it means missing the birth of his child. As someone with children, Heath, how do you feel about this? That's not my, not any of my business. Okay, fair it's enough. It's totally, totally his decision. <laughs> okay. Uh, rookie TJ Watt is going to start at outside linebacker for Pittsburgh. Had a great preseason, and he's a Watt, and he's a first-round pick, so he's definitely IDP relevant. The Redskins signed Chris Thompson, are running back to a two-year contract extension. Is Thompson in the Sproles, Duke Johnson, James White range? Just behind them, but he is uh, underrated in what he does because he also got some work inside the 10-yard line last season and may have a little better touchdown potential than those guys do. Okay, that's Chris Thompson for the Redskins. Just want to look up the ownership percentage for him. He is 34% owned, averaged 5.2 yards per carry last year, only 68 carries. Had 49 catches for 349 yards and two touchdowns. That doesn't measure up to what, you know, like Riddick and White have done in the past. But that doesn't mean he can't do it this year. Uh More news for you. Arizona signed offensive guard Alex Boone. Do you think that will be a boon to their offensive line? I don't know how things could get any better for David Johnson. Like, we just want to eliminate all defenses playing against him and see how far he can run. I know Todd Gurley was like a trendy pick as – a contrarian pick as the number one pick last year, but he was definitely a top five pick, and he had such a horrible year. But at the risk of girlying uh, David Johnson, I don't see anything that could stop him from having an amazing season except for injury. One hundred percent agree. Like, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. For David? <laughs> Nothing. Right? Like, he's going to score touchdowns, going to catch passes. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati rookie wide receiver John Ross may return in Week Three from a knee injury. Denver signed Jonathan Williams, the running back to the practice squad. Seattle's new logo, Heath, is slightly terrifying. I like it. You do? Yes. Speaking of slightly terrifying, it sucks for you that the hurricane's coming this weekend and you will not be able to see it. When does it come out? I'm pretty sure it comes out Friday. Oh, I'm good on Friday night. You're not good on Friday night. Yeah, that's no problem. 
You need to I may take go this, see it Friday night. You need to hunker down. Do you have water? Are you all prepared? I, oh, I've got like uh, five cases of water and like six of these two-gallon jugs. I got my frid- freezer's full of bags of ice. All right. I've got canned soup and vegetables and all kinds of things. Good. Okay, good. Because my wife is a very responsible adult. There you go. Perfect. And my wife and I are, are almost certainly seeing it on Friday. We're excited. Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers commutes from San Diego to Los Angeles in a SU in an SUV that has two like awesome cushy seats, a 40 inch TV, satellite dish, Wi-Fi, and refrigerator. It has like satellite TV, so it's pretty amazing. Uh, he watches game film during his commute. He's the man, Philip Rivers, and the Jets signed Jeremy Curley, as you said. Now we're gonna preview the hell out of this Thursday night game, but first, I gotta tell you about home security. It's no joke. Home security is very important. Please, everyone, take it seriously and take advantage of a special offer on simplysafe.com slash FFT. That's simplysafe spelled S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash FFT. I've personally spent a lot on home security, but you don't have to. For a limited time, you can take $100 off Simply Safe's home security special summer package. And Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home. No long-term contracts. No installation costs, no hidden fees, and Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. And you're getting 100 bucks off, 15 bucks a month, 100 bucks off, no hidden fees, no installation costs. That's amazing. So get 100 bucks off at simplysafe.com slash FFT. S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash FFT. The sale ends soon. Simplysafe.com slash FFT for $100 off. All right, let's take a look at Thursday night's game. The 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs at the 1-0 New England Patriots. Funny joke? Not funny joke? Uh, was it a joke? No, or not really. A prediction? It's, it's a certainty. It's far from a certainty. It is, a, it is in the bag. Like, I would certainly expect the Patriots to win this game, and I think the Patriots – there's a better chance the Patriots go 16-0 and then don't end up as the number one seed in the AFC this year. There's a better chance the Patriots go 16-0 and than don't end up the one seed. I don't understand what that means. I need to, I need help. They, I, well, I don't know how I could better explain it. All of the listeners understand right now. <laughs> okay, fine. We should just move on. <laughs> okay, that works for me. So the Patriots at home are great. You look at the last two years, these are the points per game they've allowed at home, including postseason games. 18 points per game in 2015, 15.7 in 2016. Uh, they added Stefan Gilmore at cornerback. They don't have a great pass rush. We know this. And I'll just, I mean, nobody's starting Alex Smith. He's outside the top 20. <clears throat> Kareem Hunt, how do you feel about him? I'll give you um, the stats on how the running backs did in Foxborough last year. But you tell me, how do you feel about Kareem Hunt? I... Don't see a reasonable situation, especially with Ajayi now off the board as well, that you're going to sit Kareem Hunt this week. Now, maybe you drafted early in the year and you got him late, and so you have two running backs that are better. That's fine. But I've got him as a top 15 running back, 15th exactly, to to be clear. And there's just not anybody below him that I'd get excited about starting over him. Okay. So... I'll compare Kareem Hunt with some guys who might have tougher matchups. Uh, Kareem Hunt or how about Kareem Hunt or um, C.J. Anderson? 
Um, I have. Yeah, he have a tough, I don't know why he, I said he has a tougher. He doesn't have a tougher matchup. Yeah, he's he's three spots ahead of Hunt. You got to start Kareem Hunt over Mark Ingram. Yep. Here's the thing. Here's what I noticed about the Patriots' run defense last year. It was really good. And running backs in New England, there were ten of them last year. Uh, a number of them scored double-digit fantasy points. Five running backs scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues in ten games. However, none of them averaged better than 3.8 yards per carry. Where they got their production was in the passing game. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had 38 yards and a touchdown receiving. C.J. Procise had 87 receiving yards on seven catches. Kenneth Dixon had eight catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown receiving. D'Angelo Williams had seven catches for 51 yards. So none of them did well as running backs, but they caught passes. Will that be Kareem Hunt or will that be Sherkandrick West? I believe it will be a combination of the two. I do think there are still some concerns about Kareem Hunt's pass blocking, notwithstanding that one amazing play he had in the preseason where he fell down and blocked two people at the same time. <laughs> uh, I do think it's somewhat of a committee. I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Spiller catches a pass as well. But I I expect Hunt to see two-thirds of the carries and somewhere around half the targets out of the backfield. Yeah, look, I, I could we could break this game down into all these different angles. And the bottom line is almost everybody who owns Kareem Hunt is probably starting him. And you're going to start him over Gillisley, right, or any Patriots running back. Absolutely. He's my favorite running back in this game. You're going to throw him out there. So it, it, there's only one team, one game not being played this week. It's a full schedule. And you drafted him recently in the sec- in the third round probably, so start Hunt. Tyreek Hill, on the other hand, gives me the willies, the hillies. I, I think I remember yesterday you teasing a great Tyreek Hill stat today. I don't think I did. Yeah, okay. What? Really? I thought that's how you basically ended the show. Great Tyreek Hill stat? I don't remember that at all. Or something about the Patriots' pass defense, something they do with number one wide receivers. Uh, they allow the seventh fewest. Maybe it wasn't as good as I, as I, okay, maybe. I can tell you this. The Patriots allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers last year. They added a cornerback, a good one. Uh, and in the postseason, they held DeAndre Hopkins to six points, Antonio Brown to seven points, and Julio Jones to eight points in standard scoring leagues. So, yeah, Tyreek Hill gives me the willies. Where do you have him ranked? The hillies. I've got him 27th at wide receiver, just outside of what you'd consider like a, you're going to start him as a number two. And he's right in a group of guys that I don't really want to start. I've got T.Y. Hilton 24 ahead of Hill. I've got Devontae Adams 25 ahead of Hill. Um, and then I'd rather start – I'd start John Brown over Hill. Okay. But I'm still starting him over guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Allen Robinson, Jamison Crowder. Would you start Fat Rob, Rob Kelly, or Tyreek Hill? In a PPR league, I'd start Hill. In a standard league, I'd start Kelly. Would you start Mike Gillisley or Hill? I'm going to start Hill in both. Okay. Heath alerting me that Jordan Matthews is expected to play this week, by the way. Quick news item. I know I would have forgotten about it. Travis Kelsey. I don't care about the matchup. You're starting Travis Kelsey. He's top four in standard. He's number two in PPR for all three of our analysts. And that's it for the Chiefs, right? Yeah, there's nobody else. If a deep, deep flyer would be Chris Conley. Okay. Um, but I, you don't want to do that. Uh, real quick, Tyreek Hill or, um, or, uh, Kareem Hunt? 
Hunt. Okay. Tom Brady is our number one quarterback this week as Aaron Rodgers faces the Seahawks, so Brady uh better matchup. Not that it's a great matchup. The Chiefs did not have a good run defense last year. They lost Don Terry Poe. They signed Benny Logan. They have a healthy Allen Bailey right now. So they think they'll have a better run defense this year, but they allow the seventh most rushing yards per game in the NFL. Tell me how you're approaching the Patriots running backs. My hope is that I've got a team where with two better options than all these guys. My I'd prefer to see week one before I try to start guessing exactly what they're going to do, especially with the way that Belichick's talked about Gillisley. I have him twenty eighth as the top rated Patriots running back in a standard league. Um but he even in standard I'd rather start Danny Woodhead than Gillisley. You would? Yes. All right. Would you rather start Gillisley or Alshon Jeffrey? Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey's pretty low for Dave. Wow. Much higher for, for Heath and in the middle for Jamie. Uh would you rather start your boy Mike Wallace or Mike Gillisley? That's interesting. I think I'd rather start Wallace. Nope, Gillisley. Would you rather start Leonard Fournette against the Texans or Mike Gillisley? I'm gonna go with Fournette. Alright. I'll give you my real life Mike Gillisley example. It's in our two quarterback PPR league. Uh, and I was planning on starting Quiz Rogers. Where the heck is the league, Heath? This is don't forget to bring a Powell. So all I have to do is Google best team name ever and it should show up. It's not there though? It's not there. I don't know what's Weird. happening. Like, like it's actually disappeared from my teams. All right, I'll find it. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Uh Patriots wide receivers. Brandon Cooks must start, right? No question about Brandon Cooks. I got a little heat yesterday about the Patriots wide receivers, though, because I was doing – you know, I do the week one in a tweet or whatever with a little blurb on each game. Mm-hmm. And I said that I don't really want to start Chris Hogan this week, and everybody went nuts. Like, Chris Hogan is a must start for people? I, I um, I don't think he is. I, I don't, I don't want to start him. Well, the, the Chiefs, you would think they have a great corner, cornerback. They lost their number two cornerback. But in Peters, they have a, a really good cornerback. But number one wide receivers destroy the Chiefs last year. Um, so don't hesitate on Cooks. And, uh, yeah, as far as Hogan goes, like maybe in a bye week, but does anybody have Hogan ranked as like a top 30 receiver? I, I don't, I don't, I'm gonna be right around 40 once I get all the Dolphins and Buccaneers out of my rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I could see a situation where you're flexing Chris Hogan. Yeah, I mean, but, the argument for Hogan is that, like, the Patriots are opening up the season Thursday night at home and they're just gonna blow the doors off the Chiefs. And I, I think the Chiefs are really good. I think they're making the playoffs. But I could see this game being a blowout, cause quite frankly, I could see any game in Foxborough being a Patriots blowout. And uh Hogan looked great in that preseason game when he filled in for for Edelman. So I don't I don't know that I'm as as bearish as you. I don't think he's a bad start, but uh like I, a bad start as a flex though, right? As a flex, yeah. Like yeah. I I okay, Gillisley versus Hogan would be really tough for me. What would you do? I could see a situation where you just take that as simple as standard PPR. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right, so Gillisley um is going to be my flex over – oh, no. Crap. 
he's going to be my number two running back over Jacquez Rogers. So yeah, now I have to flex Wendell Smallwood, really, or Corey Davis. Oh. Uh, come on, Bucks game. Why'd you have to get moved? Irma. Freaking Irma. Alright, so we don't love Hogan this week. Rob Gronkowski, number one. And the DSTs. The Patriots are 10th for Jamie, 11th for Heath, first for Dave. Uh, Kansas City did allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing DSTs that they don't have a pass rush, the Patriots, and Alex Smith has gone six straight seasons with no more than eight interceptions. So I don't know that they're gonna put up a huge number. Uh, but. They're first for Dave? Yeah. That's what I saw. I'll check again, but the Patriots DST loves them this week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to start them. Yep. First. They're, they're gonna move up a little bit for me because I did have the Dolphins in, in that range along with the Buccaneers. Uh, any waiver wire DSTs you would start over the Chiefs? Um, yeah. My, num- my number one DST streamer this week, the Rams. Absolutely. Happily. Um, I would start the Bills over the Chiefs. They're would available you, on most dro- Are you dropping the Chiefs this week? Or are you trying to roster two? I didn't draft them. Well, what if you did? What if I did? What would I do? I If the Rams were out there, I would drop them. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'd drop them for the Bills. I don't think it's like the worst thing to roster two DSTs. You don't want to do it, but... You might have to. Well, considering that you have Jacquez Rogers on all your teams, I don't think you're going to have the room. No, and, you know, we're done with this game now. I think we've previewed that. Let's talk about something. The Bucks schedule now, because this is not a, this pushes back Doug Martin's return. Okay, he's going to miss three games. He's going to miss, it's not such a bad thing actually, because he's now going to miss the Giants game. He's going to miss the Bears, the Vikings, and the Giants. He'll be back October 5th. That's week five against New England and then at Arizona, at Buffalo, Carolina, at New Orleans, then the Jets. So you get one tough matchup off the, off the schedule for uh, Doug Martin, the Giants, but you do have to wait longer now. Now you have to wait four weeks to get Doug Martin back, and that kind of stinks. Yeah, but it's kind of nice that you like you don't have to worry about the bye week with him anymore. That is a good point. They don't. They no longer have a bye. They have a week right. one so bye. So if you have a team with a bunch of guys on week 11 bye, now you don't have Doug Martin on that bye that week. All right. Playing 16 straight games. That is interesting. I wonder what kind of effects that could have on those two teams. I wonder if that's going to affect whether or not you start them in week 11 in FanDuel. FanDuel's back, everybody. Get in on FanDuel right now. Sign up. Click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. You're going to love FanDuel. What are you doing if you don't play on FanDuel? Again, use the code CBSPOD. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. And honestly, it's not for me, it's not about the money. I know a lot of people like to play in high-stakes games. You can do that on FanDuel. For me, I'll put $5 on a 50-50 or $10 on a 50-50 or something like that. I don't care. I just enjoy playing more fantasy football. I enjoy setting another lineup. I enjoy playing the matchups. You know, we do these starts or sits on fantasy football today, these shows, and it helps so much doing FanDuel matchups. You find deep sleepers. You find the ones to avoid, the ones to pick. So please play FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com and use the promo code CBSPOD. Uh, new users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over a million dollars in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. FanDuel.com, promo code is CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Okay, let's grade some trades, give some bold predictions, 
And, uh, you know what? Like, I suck. I just took way too long with everything today, Heath, so we might have I think you've done a really nice job, eh. and I've really enjoyed no, doing this with you. You're lying. I appreciate that. I needed that, but haven't done a great job today. Grade the trade from a lonely dude living in his grandma's basement. Ten team standard scoring league, three receivers, no flex, two running backs. Give up Gillisley and Doug Baldwin in a standard scoring three receiver league. Gillisley and Baldwin get Devontae Freeman. Uh, I'm okay with that. I would like to think that you have some really good wide receiver depth if you did it. He has Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Sammy Watkins. I'll, I'll give you a, a B minus. Right. Solid B. Solid B. From Aaron, grade the trade. Dear Julian, Spencer, and Cameron. Those are ACLs or knee injuries. Oh, nice call. Give up in a PPR league. CJ Anderson, Eric Ebron, and Josh Doxson. CJ Anderson, Ebron, and Doxson. Get Tyler Eifert and Willie Sneed. Oh, no. You're giving up the best player in Anderson, but you're upgrading at tight end from Ebron to Eifert and at wide receiver from Doxson to Sneed. I don't think that's enough. I'm going to say D plus. Ooh, a D plus. All right, Aaron. Don't do it. Rick in Kansas City. Dear Peter, Michael, Jack, and Mary. Peter. Yeah. Peter, Michael. Oh, uh, (laughs) three men and a baby, three men and a little lady. Okay. You know my claim to fame, right? Uh, no. I am friends with the little lady from I thought you were going to say, and you won't even know this, so it's a bad reference. Maybe one listener out there will get this reference. I thought you were going to say that you were the shadow from the hidden haunted scene in Three Men and a Baby. Uh, no, I don't get that reference. Okay. There is, uh, there's a shadow in a window that was, uh, purportedly a ghost. So, I'm go, I, I would ask my friend who was in the movie about it, but I don't want to put her on the spot. That wouldn't be right. Uh, the question from Rick and KC says, uh, 12 team half PPR dynasty league. Ooh. Give up McCoy and Crabtree. Get Antonio Brown in a dynasty league. McCoy and Crabtree for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I, I would do that if I had some depth at running back. So I will say B. McCoy and Crabtree for Antonio Brown is a B in a dynasty league. From Chris, grade the trade. Give up Jordan Howard and Stefan Diggs. This is a fun one. Jordan Howard and Stefan Diggs. Get back Ezekiel Elliott and Adam Thielen. Uh, Woo. You know, Jamie. Love it. Yeah, Love it. Right? 16 games. <laughs> um... I I wouldn't I wouldn't see. I think I might do it. I I might do it in standard because I really believe that Diggs is going to be one play uh, one of a handful of players who's much more valuable in PPR. Even though he's moved outside. Yeah, I just I I just question the ability of Sam Bradford to throw more than like twenty two or twenty three touchdowns. Okay, he's never done it. Uh, As far as I maybe twenty four, but I don't think so. All right, Heath, question for you. Which player or players will make or break your teams this year? If you're saying make or break, I would say it's probably a pair of first-round wide receivers, Julio Jones and A.J. Green, because I ended up with them on a lot of teams. 
largely because I had Julio ranked ahead of Antonio Brown and AJ Green ranked ahead of Odell Beckham, so they were always there when I wanted to draft them. They're on uh, the Rejects team, or well, one of them is AJ Green, right? Yeah. All right. I have and, very and, few teams that don't have at least one of those guys. Interesting. That's not a bad thing. I was going to say for me, it was going to be Andrew Luck, Mike Gillisley, and Amir Abdullah. Those are probably my three most important players, and I like all of them. I really uh, have high hopes for them. I have a bold prediction about one of them. Uh, give me your favorite roster that you've drafted so far. Uh, my favorite roster, I, I love them all equally. No, you don't. But I, my longest running league, almost 20 years now, is a keeper wow. league where we get to keep four players. Mm-hmm. That doesn't Here's count. my team. That doesn't count, but fine. A Dak Prescott. Uh huh. Ezekiel Elliott. Pretty good. Dalvin Cook. Uh huh. Isaiah Crowell. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins. Okay. Greg Olson. Pretty good. And then on the bench, I've got Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Rex Burkhead, Matt Forte, Matt Breida, and Duke Johnson. All right, might be a little weak at uh, wide receiver two there with Sammy Watkins and Tyrell Williams. Yeah, I don't think so. That's all right. That's a pretty good team. That's a damn good team. Uh, my favorite team, I was looking through all my teams yesterday going, Ugh. Oh, I forgot to mention that's a 14-team league. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. That's excellent. Go ahead. I wasn't, uh, I was like kind of upset looking at my teams yesterday. I don't know, especially because of this Jacquez Rogers thing. It, it does weaken a few of my squads just on the short term. Yeah. Um, but I think my, my favorite squad is my 10 team, two quarterback PPR league. I have Russell Wilson and Marcus Mariota. I do want to say one thing about Mariota. I know you guys love Mariota last, uh, this year. He had the easiest schedule last year, and it will not be that easy this year. It will not be that difficult. There's a lot to like about him. Uh, Wilson and Mariota and Carson Wentz on the bench. David Johnson. Yeah, number two running back's tough for me. David Johnson, Doug Martin, Jacquez Rogers, Mike Gillisley, and now I have Wendell Smallwood and the Garrett Blunt. Um, Michael Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Davis, and Tyrell Williams, Jimmy Graham, Minnesota's DST and Steven Goskowski. See, that's our 10-team league, right? Mm-hmm. I think you have a 12-team league roster that's better than that one. Ooh, which one? Uh, it's got DeMarco Murray and Lamar Miller, AJ Green, <laughs> Demarius Thomas, Sammy Watkins, Jimmy Graham. I'm yeah, that's our rejects league. Cam Newton's your share. quarterback. Uh, that scares the hell out of me, but that's the way. a good team. There's too many, there's too much downside on that team. Like, I don't like teams that have so much downside. I think Cam has downside. I think Sammy Watkins is downside. I think Demarius Thomas is downside. Demarius Thomas doesn't have downside. He He's played with a crappy quarterback almost his entire career. We might have, and he wasn't good last year. He, well, he was fine. He was adequate last year, but he wasn't great. And Lamar he Miller. Wasn't good relative to expectations. Like, Lamar Miller and Demarius Thomas need to be better than they were last year, or our team is not going to be good. Nope, we got Paul Perkins on the bench. Boom. <laughs> Let's do some bold predictions. And then we'll read some listener bold predictions to uh to end the show. Uh you can go first, Heath Cummings. Paul Perkins will rush for one thousand yards and score six touchdowns and finish as a top twenty five running back. Dot 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 over the next two seasons. No. Nope. I hope so. I do I think he's good. I really do. I don't think he's I know Dave says that he thinks Perkins is just someone that gives what they block. I don't think that. That's not true at all. Yeah, I think he can create. Uh, 
All right. So that so then all right, yours is over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. Yes. All right. Here's my Mike Gillisley bold prediction: over a thousand rushing yards and double-digit rushing touchdowns for Mike Gillisley. That's very nice. I'm very. I I'm don't think it's accurate, but I like the fact that it's super bold. Uh, give me number two for you. Ty Montgomery will be a number, a top eight running back in both formats, not wow. just PPR, also standard. Yeah, I mean, I obviously you can't sit there and say he'll be top eight without it being a bold prediction. Eight's pretty high, but you have really, I'm totally on Team Heath with Ty Montgomery. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why Jamie dislikes him so. <laughs> it's not just Team Heath; it's Team Coach Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I, I, he's good. He's good. I understand the workload concerns, but he's good. Uh, plus, I don't know that Jamal Williams is any good. All right, bold prediction number two for me. Kyle Rudolph is owned in less than 60% of leagues by week five. Whew. Yeah, I, I think he's a bust. I don't know that he can – if he gets hurt, then you probably win this one. <laughs> yes. I don't know that he can be bad enough at this position to get dropped that much. Okay, well, yeah, I just uh, – you know how I feel about Rudolph. So many targets last year, didn't really do all that well with it, and I think he'll be a streamer. I think he'll be – he'll be fine, but he'll be a streamer. Your final bold prediction, Heath? My final bold prediction is that Marshawn Lynch rushes for less than 700 yards and less than seven touchdowns. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, we don't like the fantasy football today podcast is going to look pretty bad if Marshawn Lynch has a good year. Let's just you say know, that. like, let's just let's be clear about this. First off, bold predictions are supposed to be so outlandish that most people don't believe them. Therefore, they should not be likely to happen. I believe this one's going to happen. But more to the if Marshawn Lynch is good, we're going to look bad thing. We've said a lot of things over the last few months. Yeah, that's I know, but that, we've been adamant about that. And, and the public completely disagrees with us, too. That's very true. That's true. So I'm rooting against him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marshawn, but we are not friends this year. Uh, My final bold prediction, Kelvin Benjamin finishes as a top 12 wide receiver. Major woo. bounce back for Kelvin Benjamin. In standard, not PPR, right? Yeah, sure. No, I, I, I kind of like that, but you know what? If that's true... You're going to love Cam. having Cam <laughs> yeah. Newton as our quarterback in the rejects. League. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Calvin Benjamin, I think he was 16th as a rookie. He had a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, so I, I think they rushed him back. They admitted they rushed him back from the ACL injury last year. So, uh, we've got bold predictions on Gillis Lee, Kyle Rudolph, Calvin Benjamin, Marshawn Lynch, Paul Perkins, and who was your other one? Sorry. Oh, Ty Montgomery. Ty, Ty, Ty Montgomery. Montgomery, yeah. Here's what the listeners are saying. Bold predictions from the listeners. Jay Cutler, career year in Miami. That's from Anthony. I don't love it. He's actually had a pretty good career. Like, he's had yeah. some solid seasons. So, like, if you want to say, like, Jay Cutler top top 12 quarterback, I could buy it just because the top 12 always looks a little wacky at the end of the year. Like, Bortles was number seven last year or something. Right. Uh, But probably not a career year. Uh, Matthew Bell, Martavis Bryant outscores Antonio Brown and be, is a f- top five wide receiver. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's all it requires. Dorian Gibson, Mike Williams of the Chargers is the best rookie wide receiver this year. I could definitely see Mike Williams being the best rookie wide receiver once he comes back and is healthy. I don't know if we're waiting three weeks or a month or almost six weeks, 
It, this one really, they need him to get healthy in a hurry to have any chance. From Minnetonka Keith, Michael Floyd returns from his four-game suspension and finishes as a top 24 wide receiver. Mm. Even I'm not on that one. Even I'm not on that one. But would it shock me if he were the best receiver on the Vikings? Yes, it should. It kind That's of ridiculous. would. It kind he's of never would. been the best receiver on any team he's ever played well, on. He's played with, with a Hall of Famer. Give him a break. That's true. Give him a break. Uh, Brett Hallman, Dalvin Cook finishes as a top three running back. I like it. I think it's highly unlikely, but I like it. That's our best one so far. I think. I mean, it's gonna require some injuries, but, uh. Right. That's our best one. Dalvin Cook top three. David Petrie, Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver in fantasy this year. We've got a new best one. This is yeah. by far my favorite. And I, I don't think it's that far-fetched. The threshold, like, the, the stats that it takes to be the number one wide receiver, though, are so extreme. Uh, he has to take a huge jump. We're talking, like, 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns to, to even be, you know. He's got to take a huge jump in touchdowns. He doesn't have to, he has to make a 15% jump in yards. It's a good, it's a good bold prediction. If there's yes. somebody outside the top eight, like, I, I think he has a better chance than Michael Thomas to be the number one receiver. 100% agree. Less chance to be number five, more than number one. That's Amari Cooper. Uh, Matthew Ziegler. Adrian Peterson proves to be half man, half machine, and leads the Saints in rushing yards. Speaking of people, the Fantasy Football Today podcast is cheering <laughs> against. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Like, it could happen. I don't think there's any way he leads them in total yards, but... Rushing yards as possible. If Peterson leads the Saints in rushing yards, it probably means he and Mark Ingram had bad years. Or Mark Ingram got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Kerman. Kobe Fleener is a top five tight end through the first three weeks of the season. That is not that bold. <laughs> not that bold. Tough matchups, but not that bold. Uh, I think tough matchups. Yeah, because I think New England. Right, New England in week two. Uh, Dusty says, Dave Richard runs for more yards than Marshawn Lynch. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, get wiser start Kaiser on Twitter says Deshaun Kaiser will be a top 15 quarterback. That's unlikely. There's no chance. He's going to be a spectacular failure. Spectacular I failure. I'm not willing to go that far. I like him better than I like Trubisky. This year or in, in general? In general. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, look, his own coach said he wasn't ready. I'm not saying right. Kaiser's going to be a failure in his NFL career, but he is not going to succeed this year. He's going to be bad, and he's going to be a turnover machine and start the DSTs against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Audrey says Jordan Howard finishes as either the top rushing yards leader or total touchdowns leader for running backs. Jordan Howard. Uh, I think the first one's much more likely than the second one. Agreed. He's got a lot of upside and a lot of downside, and mostly at his ADP, just downside. And Andres Lopez, David Johnson has a down year and finishes with similar production to Todd Gurley. So that wasn't an original thought that you had earlier. I guess not. I didn't remember this, but I must have been planted in my in my brain. Okay. I think it's pretty bold. I, I don't see the likelihood, because unless Carson Palmer gets hurt, then I suppose they could have a terrible offense and he could be doomed. But we think it's he's pretty safe. Heath, let's do some NFL predictions to end the show. Yes. AFC East. Patriots. There has never been a more sure thing in NFL history. Agreed. AFC North. Steelers. Agreed. AFC South. Titans. All right, I've taken Houston. 
Okay. I, yeah, I, I think either of those are very reasonable. Who finishes last? Uh, the not the Colts. So Jacksonville. Yeah. Why I, couldn't I think of who was in that division? Yeah, I don't know. Like if the Colts start off 0 and 4, 0 and 5. It could get interesting. They're worse than Jacksonville without Andrew Luck, I'd say. 100%. I think they're worse than everyone except for the Jets without Andrew Luck. Quite possible. All right, so you like the Titans, I like the Texans. AFC West. Uh, Chiefs. Very tough division for me. I don't know why, but I went with the Broncos. I would pick the Broncos to finish in last. They could. They really could. Uh, Okay, AFC wild card. I will say Texans mm-hmm. and it's got to be Raiders. It. It's got to be yeah, the Raiders. Now the thing is, I okay, I have the Raiders and the Chiefs. I the Titans are very interesting. The Ravens will make their run. They'll be fine. They'll be in the in the discussion. The Chargers could be good. The Raiders commit way too many penalties. They could they oh, could be a bust this year. They, they really could absolutely could. miss the playoffs. That's what like I I wasn't I wasn't certain. I've got them as the sixth seed. Alright, NFC East. Cowboys. So, so tough. I, I don't think there's been a repeat winner in the NFC East in over ten years. It's the most unpredictable division. I took the Giants and I hate it. Uh and last year I didn't take the Giants. I took the Redskins and I was dead wrong. NFC North, Packers. Easily. NFC South. Falcons. I took the Falcons, but it wasn't so easy for me. Um, Super Bowl, like teams that lose the Super Bowl often really struggle the next year. NFC West. Seahawks. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy. Wild card. Arizona. And I'm going to go with Carolina. All right, over the Giants. Over Detroit. Over the Bucks. Yep. Sure about that? Yep. All right. I'm going to take uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas. Okay. So that means I have the Giants and the Bucks making the playoffs. You have the Panthers and the Cardinals. Cardinals making the playoffs. I have Denver making the playoffs. You have Tennessee making. I have Denver and Houston making the playoffs. You have Tennessee and. I have Houston. Okay, you have them as wild card. All right, Heath. Thank you, We're sir. Not the Super Bowl. Patriots over who? <laughs> Seattle. I'll take the Packers. Patriots over the Packers. I'll take Patriots over Seattle, and I think we've covered all the possible outcomes. There we go. Uh, thank you all for listening. Back tomorrow with the tough calls for week one.